You are listening to the Fault Line Social Podcast. My name is Fraser and today I sat down with Andrew from Comeback Kid and we discussed many things, <clears throat> including the their new album that's coming out in January called Heavy Steps. And we also discussed the um the ten year anniversary of Symptoms and Cures and uh, Andrew talked about some of the memories from that time and it was a really good discussion, so I hope that you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Okay, so you said that you've just been busy um, doing some, some preparation, doing some posts and stuff. Is that for a, a tour that you're announcing right now? Or is that Yeah, something? yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like now that um, uh, shows are kind of seeming like they're starting to happen again. Um, sorry about the dogs, by the way. No, it's good. Hey! hey! <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so just just you know, we're just announcing and kind of getting our our twenty one, twenty two all together, and we've just announced about you know five or six tours over the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're announcing our album this Friday, um, and so we have you know we've already had a single come out about a month ago, and now we're having another single and video come out uh, this Friday. So just kind of you know, it's an exciting time just getting it all together. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about the single um, straight away. So that came out a month ago. Um, yeah. That's the new single. It's called No Easy Way Out. Um, I I listened to it quite a few times today and I really like the song. I was um, I found it interesting that this song kind of comes in straight away, kind of full pout, full speed. And then for its entire time, it's just like fast and in your face. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, it's the first. It, it's the first time that uh, we've. I think it's the first time we've ever had four choruses in one song because it yeah. starts with the chorus. It starts with the chorus, right? So yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I was, um, my question is that what made it important for this to be the first song that you guys showcase off the new album? Because it's it's been a while since Comeback Kid has released new new music, um, new like original songs. So what made this one the first one uh, that you wanted to showcase from the record? Well, when, when is this uh, podcast going to be out? Um, it just depends on when you want it out, really. If you, if you want it to come out after the record, um, after the second single, that's fine. But Well, no, I, well, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that probably once it's out, the second single will be out so I can kind of tell the story. So it, it kind of happened. Uh, it was a kind of a happy accident how this happened. Um, we have a song that's coming out this Friday, which will probably be out by the time this uh, podcast comes out. Yeah. Um, and that's called Heavy Steps, which is our, um, it's our title track of, this, of our new record that's coming out January 21st. Um, and we always knew that we wanted like, the album announced to be um, Heavy Steps, like the title track. Um, and we want that to come out before the record. But the directors that we got to do the videos um, kind of gravitated to no easy way out as the first one, because it's a continuation video. So okay. in the first, in the first video, we're kind of like getting chased like uh, in this forest and there's this, you know, it's kind of funny, but kind of yeah. like, you know, funny, hor funny horror like video. Um, and we kind of get kidnapped. And then, so on this new video, heavy steps, we get kidnapped and we get brought to what we got kidnapped for is uh, for uh, this guy's son, Kip Skip's 
uh, 10th birthday party and we're forced <laughs> to play this birthday party. So uh, it's just kind of like a continuation story. And we just thought that like no easy way out. It's just like a hype, like straight to the point song. Yeah. Um, and it would just kind of be like fun off the bat. Uh, whereas heavy steps, you know, it has maybe some more uh, classic comeback kid elements, like, you know, some, some more uh, melodic elements and sing along, but uh, a pretty powerful like intro riff, I think. You know? Oh yeah. So definitely. I think it has, it's a, the, 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 the next video that comes out that will be out by the time this podcast is out. Um, I think that's more of a, like a all encompassing hard uh, comeback kid song, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what, in, what influenced the, um, the lyrical theme for No Easy Way Out? Because looking through the lyrics, I can see that there's kind of like a, there is some sort of oppressor going on there, but it's, it's unclear as, as to what. Um, so what was the, um, the main influences for writing that song? Um, it's pretty, I mean, I feel like it's kind of straight up. I know some of the, I, I just kind of, it's just about feeling like kind of, uh, the pressure from all the sides and, and, and feeling like there's, it's, there's really no easy way out. I just kind of self-explanatory, but, yeah. uh, and just, and, and, and also just maybe, you know, uh, you know, it comes out been, been a while, been a while since you struck a nerve, been a while. Like, so it's just kind of like that feeling of, yo, like it's been, it's been some time. Like I need to kind of get out of this situation. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, and kind of like mulling over that, you know? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what can we expect to hear, um, in the second single that, um, people might not be expecting after the first one? Well, heavy steps. Um, I, like I, like I said, it's more of an all encompassing kind of hardcore, or sorry, not all encompassing comeback kid kind of song. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's got the classic, like kind of like sing along melodic chorus, but, uh, but it starts off with quite a, a, a commanding uh, um, classic, like metallic hardcore riff. So I, I, again, once, once this podcast is out, that video will probably guarantee be out because it comes out in like two days. So, um, so people can check it out for themselves. You should just play it right now on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish I had the, uh, the this technical know-how. This is Andrew from Comeback Kid. This is Andrew from <laughs> Comeback Kid here. And this song is called Heavy Steps. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I wish I knew how to how to do that. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> they kind of just reel me in for this thing. I don't really... Um, I, I just like Comeback Kid, so they asked me to do the interview. I'm not really like a, oh. a, a podcast host as a trade, so... All um, right, well, maybe we're going to have to find an editor, I think. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we will. I was having a look through the um, the record track listing um, earlier today because um, you can find it on on Genius, and I noticed that you have um, Joe from Gajira on the album. Oh hell yeah! How, it, it, you can actually see the uh, the track yeah, listing yeah. On, on already. <laughs> someone yeah. someone smart there. As, um, yeah, it's all on like if you go on any like lyric sites, um, mm-hmm. the track listings on there. So. Sick. It doesn't um, have like the yeah, lyrics got, for the other songs, but it just has the names. Dope. Yeah, we got uh, Joe from Gojira on actually the next single, which will be the third single. Okay. Um, and uh, we've we've done a video for that already. I'm still kind of waiting for him to do his part on the video. And yeah, it's uh, it was that was another kind of happy accident um, where we had like I had this song. And Stu from our band uh, suggested Joe 
And somehow the stars all aligned where we were able to get him on the, the track and it all worked out. So it sounds pretty wicked. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that one. What's your, um, what, like when you go for a feature, what's your process behind it? Do you like write the part first and think this needs this person or is it more happy accidents? It's, like you just said? it's, it's definitely good when you have like an idea that someone's going to be on it. So you can kind of write to that. When yeah. I, when I was doing the writing for uh, the song with Joe on it, um, I kind of like, I didn't write like the structure of the song with him in mind, but when I was writing the vocals, I definitely like, okay, like, you know, what kind of vote, like he, he's going to have maybe a more like long drawn out kind of scream, uh, yeah. not going to be like a super, like, you know, staccato rhythmic kind of, kind of flow. Um, so I kind of, you know, I, I kind of channeled that a little bit when I was writing the lyrics. Oh, nice. And was that the same for when you had Devin on, on um, Absolute, or was that a different thing altogether? Uh, uh, I can't even remember if I actually wanted him on there. Um, or like <laughs> if I like pl- planned it when, when we wrote it. Yeah. I think, I think that may have came along after. A lot of these things kind of come along after. Like, yo, like, wouldn't it be cool if like such and such could sing? And then it happens. Or it doesn't happen. Like I sent like uh, we sent Fat Mike from No Effects a track. I said, "Yo, you want to sing on this shit?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, send me the song, the demo. Like maybe I'll like if I like it, maybe I'll sing someone." <laughs> and then yeah. I sent it to him. He never sent me any anything back. So oh no, <laughs> you know, some, sometimes it works out. Actually, Stu, uh, our guitar player, saw him at Slam Dunk Festival in the UK. Uh, one that we played there together, and they were hanging out and stuff. And he's like, "Yo, like why don't you?" Uh, do that track with us he's like you didn't send it to me he's like yeah we did you emailed us back <laughs> and then uh he's like oh well fuck i don't want to you know maybe i'll write a song with you i don't want to sing one of your thoughts so, okay like, so. yeah i can imagine people some people being kind of funny about like not being able to write the song that they're on i guess um oh uh, yeah i mean i get asked to do guest vocals quite often and i can imagine how busy some of these like real fucking rockers are you know how often do you do them is it just like a you have to really like the band and it's like an as and when thing or i prefer to like the band um (laughs) if they're friends uh sometimes it'll work out but even friends sometimes like i got a bunch of friends that that are actually good friends but like they'll do like a, their, their first demo with their band and they'll be like, Hey man, you want me want to sing on this song? It's like their first song. Like, dude, like, can you like, I don't know, put something out first before yeah. really, really like diving deep in this. Um, so I don't know. I don't want it to get taken advantage of in that sense, but uh, um, I used to do it like all the time. There's probably a hundred songs with me on it of other bands. Yeah. The main one that comes to mind is the uh, malevolence track that you're on. I love that song. I love doing that live too. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the coolest lines. Uh, I think that I've ever sang that sometimes you got to cut the grass to find the fucking snake. Yeah. That's a cool line. Isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a very cool. <laughs> we talked about it a lot with those guys. Yeah. I think you, did you do it at Sundunk? I did. I did. Yeah. I think I saw yeah. a video of you doing it at Sundunk. Hell yeah. When you think of comeback kid in 2021 and the, the journey that has taken you to get to where you are now, what do you believe that you as a band did right uh, to reward yourselves the long career in music that you've obtained? Um, I think one thing that we did, uh, well, we, we, we have a booking agent in, um, 
in Europe and who books us in Europe and UK who really kind of like um, nurtured our relationship with playing like festivals yeah. in, especially in Europe and the UK. And we kind of were maybe not so, so many bands follow this same trajectory, but we really kind of like gravitated towards be, being somewhat of a festival band. And like, we love, we, we play tons of club shows all the time. And I love just different kinds of environments, but we've always, uh, we've always excelled, I think, uh, with, with like the festival vibe. Um, and a lot of festivals actually have helped us, you know, in club settings uh, down the road, you know, just like maybe countries where it was maybe a little bit weaker than others or whatever. For example, playing Spain Resurrection Festival, you know, three to four times. Now the club shows in Spain are like crazy. Um, and I think the same thing is kind of happening, has happened in the UK. Um, just uh, and a few other countries, France with Hellfest. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, now that North America is kind of like opening up to that sort of world as well, that's fucking awesome. So um, just, you know, just being smart with, with touring consistency. And, uh, you know, we're, I don't think we're never going to be the biggest band in the world, but, uh, but like, it's always, it's always working, you know, it always makes sense. So I'd say I probably see you as one of the biggest in, in your world. So like out, out of yeah. your number of like out of the, the bands that are, you think of when you think comeback kid, I probably would say you probably are the biggest one. I, I think I first saw you at a festival and first heard of you at a festival. And that was slamming yeah. in um, when it was back in like Wolverhampton. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was then. So, it's, a little, yeah. it's a little foggy, the Wolverhampton, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it exists. <laughs> yeah. So like Slam Dunk used to, it used to be like three places and now it's only two. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I checked out the old lineup when I was in the UK for Slam Dunk a few weeks ago. So yeah, I first I first I was like, what was the other third one again? <laughs> but I I think this is our third Slam Dunk that we just played. I believe I could. Yeah, I, I wish I could have gone to that one. It looked crazy when when I went. It was still just like a festival in the street. Um, mm -hmm. They just blocked off the roads and just put a stage on the uh, road. I love the street festival vibe. Yeah, same. That's kind of why I've not really been since. But um, mm -hmm. I want to go. I wanted to go this time because the lineup was crazy. But I think I was doing something. I can't remember. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I saw you there, and I think I saw you at Outbreak Festival as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Hell yeah! I see that what you mean. This year, that 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 lineup this year looks fucking crazy. Outbreak. Yeah, it's insane. It's fully insane. They've really pulled out the uh, the big guns for it, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. It's always like a kind of cool, like just like today, I'm announcing a tour with like Comeback Kid, Cancer Bats, and Misery Signals in Canada. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was able to we put together uh, Comeback Kid and No Warning. And you know, next week, like this Friday, I head out on tour with us and Wilhelm Scream, one step closer. And there's some sort of uh, the reason I'm name dropping all these bands is there's some sort of like satisfaction to putting together. A, a package and you know no one sees this but we spend so much time trying to figure out like who like you know we've asked we out we're asking tons of bands all the time with you know about how if dates are going to work out and 
you know, we submit for tours and we do all these kinds of things. And yeah. so when things actually c- come in fruition, it, it really, it's a, it's a really great kind of payoff kind of feeling because we spend so much time working on these packages and these timelines. And especially after COVID, like, you know, the, the ins and outs and people can tour or people can't tour. So uh, being able to like announce tours is pretty fucking uh, rewarding, I think. And yeah. actually when it actually pay when they pay off, you know, I was going to say after a couple of years of just not being able to announce or really do anything, I think you've kind of earned the right to, to name drop a bit and be excited. Totally. Definitely. Yeah. There's this new band. There's this band from the UK that I like called uh, XL life. We've got them. Uh, they're going to open, I'll announce it next week, but they're going to uh, open up our uh, UK dates. Um, oh yeah. That's um, in, in February. Yeah. I've listened to them. It's uh, the guy from asteroid boys, isn't it? Um, yeah. 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 They're cool. So, so that tour in the UK will be us, be well, devil and me, scowl and, uh, and, uh, XL life. So will that be scowl's first time coming It over? will be. Yeah. yeah. That should be cool. Um, yeah, it's exciting. it will be cool to see. I think one step closer coming over soon as well. And they came, last time they came over, they had to fly back like, cause the pandemic fully, fully hit in whilst they were oh, here for real yeah uh, so so they're coming yeah. back over soon so that'll be good for a lot of people um yeah, yeah definitely speaking about uh um, i just played with them we just oh go ahead no no you go ahead sorry oh i was just saying i just saw them for the first time uh a couple of weeks ago when we were playing nashville we played a show with them so it was cool to check them out for the first time yeah i'm i'm excited to see them again i obviously saw them at one of the dates before they had to go back um with the pandemic but just the the show was just you like the vibe at the show was people scared about being at the show because of the pandemic so it was i'd like to see <laughs> i'd like to see them again where people are wanting to march and be near each other not, not scared anymore maybe yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> how was it when it's you still came not over? like it, it was it was surprising for us you know it's, it's still not as open uh, here in Canada states is crazy <laughs> for us that we're like, we're like, wow. Um, but Canadians are definitely a little bit more reserved as far as like being out with COVID. Like we don't really have, you know, I went from playing totally like normal type shows and festivals in UK and, and, uh, the States outdoor. Um, and then coming back to Canada and like, I went, I think like a couple days after I got home, I went to like, a normal venue that I'd see a show in and it's a seated venue and like maybe, you know, everyone has to sit like kind of distance from each other. So, you know, it's definitely more conservative up here, but it's like just now kind of starting to open up. Uh, So, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see all the different countries and actually be in different countries and see how everyone's working a lot differently, you know? So, when you came over, did you do UK and then like mainland Europe or did you just go UK and then back? No. Yeah, we just did the UK. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I can't imagine how it would be at the moment touring like a continent where all the different regulations are different. It just sounds like a, a nightmare. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Speaking about symptoms, I was giving it another listen today just to, just to um, in preparation for this and... I was listening to, uh, I was looking at the the lyrics and stuff and I didn't actually know that um, 
that one of the songs is written about the car crash that you had. And for me, sonically, that was always like one of the most, I've just always thought that it was quite like an uplifting song. But then when I read the lyrics, I was shocked at how kind of blunt they were about what it's actually about. Was there like an yeah. element of healing through the art whilst you were creating that song, like just trying to get it out there or um, kind of what yeah. are your thoughts of that song when you listen back to it? Definitely. Yeah. That song is kind of dedicated to um, my best friend, one of my best friends, uh, also the bass player of my other band, Sights and Sounds. Uh, me and him were riding with another band, uh, Gravemaker, and, you know, the van flipped overnight and um, and he was stuck underneath the van for you know, a good at like a half hour. I can't remember how long, but you know, we had to leave and the, the, the fire trucks had to come and get him out. But, uh, just, you know, holding his hand and thinking your best friend's going to die. Um, or what we didn't know what was going on. He was just in so much pain and the van was crushing him. So when we wrote that song, um, and I was able to pull like you, and I was able to play it for him like live yeah. or just on record for the first time that was definitely like emotional feelings. And, you know, he's told me like, you know, he's teared up on the side stage or whatever, when we played it, but you know, so it's, uh, definitely, um, it's, it's yeah, it, it, it means something to us, you know? So. And how is it for you now? Like over 10 years later, still playing that song. Is it, does it still kind of hold that same, like, like, do you play it and, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just kind of how is yeah. that? Does it have, does it, does it, does it hold the same weight you're asking me? Yeah, kind it of. Does. Yeah. It does. I mean, it especially does when it's getting a great reaction, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it I mean, it, it goes show by show, but there's different songs at different times that really, uh, you know, pull on the heartstrings for me, I guess. So. And how important is that for you to write songs that have that kind of weight? Is it like, how, like how it's much? Impo it's important to have those, that, that outlet. For, it's important to have that outlet for sure. But um, it's also fun to write like pissed, pissed off songs or like more of like songs with a fuck yeah moment, you know, like yeah. uh, uh, just more of like a hype type song. Um, I consider like no easy way out more like uh, just a hype type yep. song i'm not like thinking back to too many traumatic dramatic memories of you know when i'm playing when i'm thinking about that song uh and i think there's a time and place for each one yeah fair enough um i was looking through your uh, set set lists recently and i saw that at furnace fest you covered um the year summer and ended in june by misery signals um, which is written about a similar experience, isn't it? So was that like a conscious decision or was it just like you wanted to cover a cool song by Misery Signals? Yeah, so actually you can check that out also on YouTube. Uh, what happened there was Misery Signals was supposed to play. Um, I'll give you like a two-part answer. Misery okay. Signals was supposed to play um, Furnace Fest, but they weren't able to make it. Um, a couple ex-members of Misery Signals were there and our guitar player, Stu, played Min Misery Signals. So, um, and then like the drummer of Shihalu played drums for it. Um, and I didn't really like even know him. He fucking crushed it. The song's a hard song to play. Yeah. And then me and Brett, me and Brendan from Counterparts sang it. Um, uh, 
So it was just like kind of thrown together. Like I kind of think I mentioned it the night before, like, Oh, let's do this. And then we kind of just put it together like that day. Um, so it wasn't really comeback kid covering it. It was kind of just like me and Stu and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And that was just like, we knew that furnace fest would love that because misery signals and comeback kid played furnace fest back in the early 2000s. It's a nostalgia type festival. That's why we're, you know, you notice on our set list, we're playing uh, a lot of like more older type material, just because that's the kind of festival it is. Um, yeah. And then on the other side of that, uh, lyrically, um, the year summer ended in June is about a, uh, someone that I knew, Jordan, and uh, another member of uh, his band Compromise, um, Daniel, that passed away. Uh, because of a van accident around Alabama. Um, and I'd always known about that. And definitely while our situation happened with GM Vincent, um, I, you know, I remembered that that happened. And we always think about that when we're traveling in a van. And uh, that was, I think, my second van flip. Um, oh, really? That happened like 10 years ago. So definitely like stuff that you think about and, um, when I was writing Jim Vincent and I, I was thinking about um, the year summer ended in June lyrically, definitely. And um, it does take some inspiration off that. But I guess Jim Vincent and I's kind of motto, whereas like summer ended in June is a, you know, quite a sad song about, uh, you know, Jesse's from Misery Signals, like friend that passed away and he was there, you know, friends that passed away from this car accident. GM Vincent and I is more like this happened, but look at us now. Like we're still here and we're yeah. keeping on going, you know? And that yeah. was kind of the, the spin of our, the, the spin I took on it. Yeah. And you can hear that like in the music of the song, like not just the lyrics, you can hear that it's, that's like, that's why, why I found it so interesting. Cause whenever I'd heard the song and not really like I paid, paid too much attention to the lyrics, I just thought it was just like super uplifting, but then mm -hmm reading it i was like I, I get what you're saying um yeah it's about something that's very traumatic well it's a cel it's a celebration of life yeah you know? and uh, uh fuck that was a close call so yeah it sounds absolutely horrible i could couldn't even imagine um i'll switch topics <laughs> i switch topics to um to sights and sounds for a second um just going to allow myself just like a, a fan moment um, and just say that Polly's song is, is it pronounced Polly? Polly, yeah. Yeah, Polly's song is like one of my favorite songs ever. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And when I, when I first heard that song, like some of my friends, I was like back in school, like mm -hmm. some of my friends had seen you guys play with Bring Me in the UK yeah. and they just like didn't get it. And they were like telling me about it. And I was like, what about this band didn't they get? And I listened to that song and I was like, yeah, it's like been in my rotation since like it's on all my playlists and stuff. So could you just oh, like, that's awesome. just talk about that song for just a couple of minutes? Like just would like yeah. to everything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so Polly's song is actually the reason that it's called Polly's song is because the riff it's one riff pretty much the whole song. Well, not really, maybe kind of like one main riff. But I didn't write the riff. Pauly, um, he's who's actually the singer of Devil and Me, uh, my friend from Portugal, the south of Portugal. Yeah. Um, he wrote that riff and he was just playing it. I think we had ideas about maybe doing a band at one time. 
together. Um, I'd worked on records with them and stuff down in Portugal. And uh, they, he just had that riff. And I, I asked him like, yo, can I steal that riff and like make a sights and sounds song? Cause I did like the uplifting, like nature of it. Sights and sounds. If you listen to like the previous stuff to that, you know, there was a Devin Townsend record uh, that he, you know, it was maybe more darker atmospheric, uh, tiny bit sludgier at times, but uh, it just goes on more of like a full, maybe a bit more metal sound, um, atmospheric rock, whatever. Yeah. Paulie's song is kind of teetering more on, and this is maybe why your friends didn't get why we were playing with Bring Me the Horizon. That song had just came out like while we were on tour with Bring Me. And that was more of like a, you know, upbeat, maybe like Gaslight Anthem. I don't know what the world would be, but it's like more of a kind of straight up rock song. You know, it yeah. wasn't, it didn't have any, any of those kind of like uh, uh, atmospheric rock elements that our previous record had, which is probably why we went, end up going on the Bring Me the Horizon tour anyways, you know? So that was just someone else's riff. And I made it into a song. <laughs> nice. So that's why it sounds, that's why it sounds different. And it was written by a guy named Polly. So I called it Polly song. Oh, wow. Um, and then it, it got covered, didn't it? Uh, 2017 blackout problems covered it for a compilation. Yeah. How is it hearing? How is it hearing one it, like someone else cover your song? It's fully? kind of funny. It's, it's interesting. I actually played a show, uh, right before the pandemic in Germany and we played this like small venue Sight and sounds did and blackout problems was playing opening up for this like massive other band and so there's like thousands of people at their show and in the same venue but the smaller venue there's like not thousands of people at our show yeah. like maybe a hundred people and uh they were like, yo, can you play Polly's song with us? So they gave me like in-ear monitors and everything. And I go up on stage and like sing this song with them. It's all hype. Everyone's jumping and shit like that. And then we went back and we played our show like in the, like, like the corner venue. And it was just, it was just funny. Cause I like, if I'm playing a song, these guys are covering to this like massive crowd and then like go off and like play my own show, like kind of humble kind of show, like yeah. modest show at a, in this other venue. So. Yeah, I I wonder. I I should check the plays. I wonder if theirs has had more plays than ours. <laughs> There's this band called Luna L O U N A from uh, Russia, and they yeah. just sent they just sent me because you were talking about the Symptoms and Cures record. Yeah. There's a song on there called Get Alone, which I don't even know if we've played it live before. Come back, kid. Um, but they just sent me a cover of Get Alone, and they're this like big, massive like female fronted Russian rock band that like, you know, I looked at their videos. There's like 7,000 people at their shows and they oh, kind of wow. like sent me a, like, Hey, this bit, like their managers, like was kind of, sh you know, showing me who they were and stuff on an email. It's like, Hey, do you mind if we cover this? I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so it's funny when uh, bands that are kind of in different worlds than yours uh, and have access to like a lot of different types of listeners cover your songs. Have they covered it always the gets, same kind of way? Like, have they covered it as a pop? Well, have they made it a rock song? It's kind of more rock. It's kind yeah. of a little bit more like, like glammy, you know? Okay. So, yeah, you know, a little bit more like that. So. <laughs> How is that for you? Is it, is it like a strange experience hearing that or? It's awesome. It's, awesome. it's fun as fuck. Yeah. 
I just looked yeah, on Spotify. And it was, um, they do, their one has more streams. Had, had, oh yeah, it's on Spotify, it shows? <laughs> yeah, they have like 400,000 on that song. And, oh, that's sick. <laughs> so classic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say after that, um, that you come back kids no stranger to to covering other artists as well so like you've covered nirvana um midnight on last was it last year yeah last year you did the snfu cover oh um, yeah what what do you enjoy about going into the studio to do a cover as opposed to going in to record like a new record or new song or something um the snfu cover was really special um and you know their singer uh chai pig rest in peace he died about a year ago or something like that um and he's a canadian uh punk rock and icon uh yeah you know snfu is one of one of the first punk bands uh here so um when he passed that kind of left a big a big mark and so three of my band members live in um vancouver where chai picks from where snfu is from and then uh one member in Winnipeg and then I live in Toronto. So that I was just like, it was mid pandemic, maybe a year and a half ago. I was just so proud of my, my guys kind of putting that together because they just kind of recorded it in Vancouver. Then they sent it to Jeremy in Winnipeg and he kind of put his part on it. And then they sent it to me and I recorded the vocals in my bedroom. And, uh, and then we sent it back to Vancouver to mix. So it was, I was like, like a, it was, cool to honor SNFU and Chai Pig. And then B, it was just like, I kind of just felt like so proud of my band to be able to pull that off. And it yeah. was like, everyone kind of like split the the workload and, you know, not even being in the same room or real or practicing it or anything, kind of just talking about it and, and kind of doing our own thing. And it just turned out really cool, I thought. So that was a really fun exercise um, to do. Um, Nirvana song and Midnight Oil song were both done um, while we were recording other records. So okay. they were kind of like, just like add-ons. Um, and yeah, always, always fun to do. You know, I think that people, we don't really play the covers live, but I think people like to listen to it on like socials or like on, you know, Spotify, Apple and stuff. But because um, those usually do pretty well, <laughs> but it's just uh covers are just a fun thing to do, and it's just different exercise as a musician, you know. So, yeah, so. I bet they could be kind of stressful to do as well, though, especially covering like Nirvana, who's so. Um, yeah, I don't. I wasn't very stressed. No? I remember I did the I, I did the vocals for that, and my vocals were almost gone, and we had to like finish up because our our producer engineer was leaving back to California. We were in Canada. And I, I almost hardly had a voice. And then he, I just kind of like did, did as much as I could. I was pretty self-conscious about it. Uh, and usually like when I track vocals, I'll be there to comp the vocals, which means like I'll be there to like edit the vocals and put the yeah. right lines in the right places and, and choose the, the, the lines that I like. But with this one, I wasn't able to do that. He's like, just trust me. I'll put it together. Like, I'll, I'll do it at home. I'll, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he did it. He sent it back. I'm like, wow, it sounds like I'm actually singing this good. <laughs> so oh, nice. there's a little bit of a little bit of trickery in there. I think some wizard, some sorcery. Um, you mentioned earlier, just like 
remembering that you mentioned liking XL Life. Um, is there any other bands that you can think of now that just kind of are under the radar right now, but you don't think they should be? It's just some like maybe less known De- bands you've been listening to. Definitely. Um, Scowl's new record is going to be coming out pretty soon. That's fucking awesome. Uh, I-, I like this band called Zulu. Um, oh, yeah. From the West Coast. And they're actually going to do our West Coast dates with us. Um, I mean, all the flat spot record stuff. Uh, my buddy Ricky's label is really killing it. Um, End It is sick. Uh, Section Hate is really yeah. awesome. Were they the ones uh, that did Adrenaline? I'm did sorry? You, were they the ones that put out Adrenaline? I think they did. Plus. Not, not, not sure. I'm not oh, sure about okay. Adrenaline. But I've um, listened to stuff off that label before. It's good. Yeah, yeah, sick. Um, I mean, this band's huge in the UK now, but like not up and coming anymore. DMAs is like fucking awesome, and they're always putting out great music. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, to you guys, it's not that. It's pretty big, but in Canada, no one knows this shit. Um, so um, I'm sure there's a lot of other bands, but yeah, there's a band. Uh, there's a band in Canada called world of pleasure. I think it's sick. There's uh, yeah, they're good. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, punitive damage is pretty cool from Vancouver, Seattle. Um, I don't know how active all these, some of these bands are, you know, so, cause after COVID, but um, I think world of pleasure is just two people. So it's, they're like just kind of a recording thing at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about punitive damage. The bad rules, though. Yeah, fucking. I've been listening. I've been listening to it a lot during the pandemic. There's so many good hardcore bands coming out of Canada. There's just a lot of great hardcore kind of coming out now. I think. Yeah. Um, I so it's pretty exciting. Um, okay, well, I've got one more question for you. Um, if you want to just wrap it up after that one, but um, uh, just talk about heavy steps for a little bit um it comes out in january what can people expect from the record um yeah yeah no for sure um so yeah i we we worked on it over the pandemic we again like i told you we're, we're living in different cities so we would send demos to each other um between vancouver winnipeg and toronto and like kind of like we'd have to like meet up in between like restrictions uh, usually in Winnipeg just to kind of, and there's always like, Oh dude, like at one point we were there and then Jeremy, our guitar player, like, couldn't you like was sketched out about even coming to the house, to the Airbnb to jam with us because, you know, we, we weren't even allowed to be in other houses. So it was a little bit tricky, like logistically yeah. with the, with the COVID stuff. Um, we recorded it with the guy who recorded our first record, turn it around John Paul Peters, and then he's kind of gone on since to do like propaganda, cancer bad stuff like that. But he's in Winnipeg, so that was our um, kind of our anchor uh, city to do all this in. Um, and we got it mixed by Will Putney uh, out in, in New York. Um, if you're not familiar with Will Putney, he's done everyone from Knocked Loose, Every Time I Die, uh, tons of bands, um, and. Our goal was to make, we definitely are always kind of leaning towards a heavier tone. I think 
one thing that we had always talked about was never having the, 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 the guitar tone as heavy as we would like it on yeah. a lot of records. Um, cause we've worked with a lot of different kinds of, uh, you know, in different kinds of studios, you know, some more, you know, wake the dead and broadcasting was with Bill Stevenson, Jason Livermore, more of like, who you know, do more kind of punk rock records, symptoms and cures, uh, in Canada. And again, they're doing more kind of rock stuff. So we'd always kind of be outside the box. So with this, we really focused on getting the right tone. We ended up, uh, with, a rev amps and Friedman mix uh guitar wise so the tones are quite heavy and vocally i mean i think it's the most interesting production we've ever had just in like vocally and musically um we've spent a lot of time on on you know making specific moments matter or uh pulling back on specific moments and not being and you know we try to you know push it while still being you know sounding like a a hardcore record but we we do like to push push like the production element of it um because a lot of that stuff is fun for us as far as you know panning and delays and and things like that so yeah i noticed on the single that there's so many there's like a lot more effects on the vocals than definitely than normally yeah 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 and i push that a little bit further on that song than than we've ever really gone on previous comeback kid stuff but i'm pumped on it so are there any um songs that aren't out yet that you're particularly excited for people to hear well i'm excited for people to hear the song that's going to be out by the time this comes out to heavy steps yeah the video is hilarious and uh the song i think turned out really fucking cool um yeah, dude. Uh, I like a lot of the songs. We I, we ended up writing a song about um, my brother SK who passed away. Uh, he used to play um, bass in the band D's Nuts, and he yeah. passed away while while we were recording. And uh, when we were writing the final the chorus, I realized that there was a uh, our chorus kind of had a similar element to uh, a song that that. SK had written an intro for uh, the D's Nuts record, Binge and Purgatory. And uh, I was able to transpose our last chorus into like his riff. So that's kind of a, for me, like, I think once, once that hits, it's going to be a special moment um, and hopefully, and hopefully honor him and his friends and his family. So that's the goal there. And yeah, uh, actually. Yeah. So we'll see how, you know, I'm, I would like to, yeah. I'm not sure when that'll come out or if we'll do a video for that or it's anything yet, but I hope so. Okay, man. Well, um, thank you for talking to me. I'm, I'm excited to hear the, the second single and then the record. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.